What's poppin', man? It's Audio Al, and you're listening to Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix, right here on YouTube, Spotify, or any of your favorite streaming apps. Thank you, Championship Al. It is Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023, huh? Welcome to the new year, everybody. Uh, and hello, everybody, and welcome to Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix Podcast. I am one of the hosts, the Garlic Johnson. We are joined, as always, by our other lovely hostess, the Joshua Mitchell. Josh, say hi to the folks out there. Hi, folks beautiful uh we appreciate everyone who reacts in the discord obviously there's plenty of chat last night we'll get into that in just a second but we always appreciate kind of being the destination for people to be able to chat about football um so you know again a nice little community community we're creating here uh segment start time is down in the description below per use and thank you at levi oki illustration on instagram for all the beautiful art you can see if you want to check out his art or get in contact with him maybe do a little business at Levi Oki Illustration on Instagram is where you will find him, and he is, he only hits bangers. He's never made a bad piece of art um, in his entire life, I think. So, Josh, how are we doing today, pal? Oh, I'm doing, Gar. How are you? Oh, nice somber tone, huh? Uh, you know, I'm doing all right. Uh, New Year's Eve was fun. It was nice seeing you. Um, obviously, you, you, when you live about you know, 40, 45 minutes away, it's not quite as easy, and especially with a one-year-old child. But overall, are you happy that you showed up to the Jim Jams and the Donnies? Or how do we feel about our New Year's Eve experience? Yeah, no, it was a good time. We got to hang out with people, see people, talk a little bit with everybody. And um, it was a blast. Uh, Nikita and I got a little lit, so Asher had to drive home. But it was all good. <laughs> I mean, that's just... That's a rite of passage for a one-year-old, though. I mean, I'm sure Oliver's been driving for a couple years now, and I don't even think the kid's two yet, so. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, so, but, no, it was a good time. And then, obviously, you know, I got, had uh, uh, Monday off, and, and so it was good to kind of recoup. And then, yeah, how, how are you, Gar? Good. Yeah, I mean, I had a good New Year's Eve, too. I mean, no no New Year's Eve's kiss, unfortunately. Donnie was across the room, didn't uh, didn't get lucky as the clock struck midnight. But uh, other than that, I mean, obviously, I also enjoy seeing all the friends and seeing all the crew. And, you know, I, no, no one really mentioned the fact that that could have been the last time we gathered, at, at least at that iteration of Donnie's house. Who knows? But And it's no guarantee that Donnie moves. But I think, as you know, just if we were to go out, I'd say that's a pretty good year to go out on. There's really no drama, no controversy. Everyone's just chilling, having fun the whole time. So I think a good night was had by everyone who was there so if hypothetically if that was the last time we got together for new year's eve at that house i think we did it right i think we did it justice so yeah i think uh i think i I mean it seemed like most people were there everybody i think everybody was there um as far as the hood original all the important people right yeah i mean sure you were you know an hour hour and a half late but it's whatever you brought Taco Bell. We forgive you. Yeah, I mean, I know what I'm doing, Josh. I'm, I know what I know what's going on. But uh, obviously, you're keeping more of a somber tone. And something pretty serious happened in the NFL yesterday. So you don't want to hop right into that, there, pal. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll try and I'm gonna. I am gonna get upbeat at some point. I'm, I'm sure everybody knows that we won't uh, focus all of our time on um, what happened last night. Um, because we had an important matchup in the NFC North uh, border battle uh, two uh, for 2022-3. But, yeah, we'll start off with uh, talking about what happened last night since it is kind of the main topic for a lot of lot of outlets yeah as far as riding the wave goes obviously we're a you know a bi-weekly show we kind of ride the wave ride the news ride the zeitgeist what happened to demar hamlin last night was obviously tragic um you know you never want to see that 
in uh, on a football field, but we all also already know that's a risk. And, uh, you know, it's kind of been a dark side of football that's always kind of been there. Um, and that one was just much more apparent than the concussions and the CT and some of the other topics we talked about before. Um, but we did get a medical minute. I was able to reach out to Jamie. Uh, Dr. Jamie Hammer was able to come through with us, so I greatly appreciate her and her literal medical expertise. Um, and, you know, but we were also talking about tone and this and that. You know, it's, it's hard to know. Like, we don't, you know, it obviously it was sad to see. Um, but, you know, there's also, there's not really anything we can do necessarily. Um, you know, you could donate to his charity, but I can't go hold his hand. I can't go, you know, fix this guy's medical whatever. And so it's, it's hard to know what kind of tone to set. And so we're just kind of existing in this odd place, uh, both Josh and I. And then also I want to speak to, um, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone in our in our community of like fucking 10 people that listen. I don't think anyone's going to be tone policing, but certainly Jamie is a lot closer to this life and death type stuff than any of us will ever be. Maybe T uh, a bit similarly as a cop, but I mean, just know that Jamie deals with life and death situations probably every day she is at work. So um, if you, if you don't feel like Jamie uh, coming up here is, has the right tone, uh, fuck off. Cause she's a doctor and she was nice enough to do this for us. And um, you know, she has a much bit different perspective than most of us who are just sitting on the couch, stuffing our faces with you know fried bullshit so um i don't think anyone's gonna tone police us but i also want to preempt you know jamie was nice enough to do this for us jamie josh and i know her very well she's always been a very optimistic upbeat person so don't sit you know i definitely don't want to see any hate going jamie's way for maybe not setting the right tone as she's talking about how this could be an interesting medical phenomenon and this or that you know fuck off so without further ado we'll just go ahead and we'll get into it we'll play jamie's medical minute Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Jamie Hammer coming in wow, to talk about happy. the Damar Hamlin situation, which I'm sure everybody has had the opportunity to learn about in the last couple of hours. Uh, Damar Hamlin is a safety for the Bills, and during the Bengals versus the Bills game, he was tackled on the field. And pretty quickly afterwards, he stumbled around and then um, fell right over, and it was thought that he had a cardiac arrest um, when he was examined. He was found not to have a heartbeat and CPR was started on the field. It was a pretty dramatic and really scary situation. You could see the look of fear in all the other players' faces. And so I thought it would be important to cover today. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what's going on at this point. Uh, all we know is that DeMar Hamlin is in um, critical condition in the ICU still. But my best guess as to what happened was a condition called commotio cordis. This is different than the sudden cardiac death that you see when uh, like a high school athlete is playing um, basketball and is really breathing hard and then all of a sudden passes out. Um, the reason this is different, this commotio cordis, is because the it usually involves a pretty significant impact to the chest. The most common sport that you see this in is baseball because the baseball hits the part of the heart that would cause the next contraction and impairs it from being able to beat again. I've heard this been described by cardiologists as the most perfect unlucky situation um, in that it has to be the perfect shape object hitting the exact right spot on the chest at the exact time in the cardiac cycle to make the heart not be able to beat properly. Um, specifically, the timing of the cycle is right after the heart has beat and the electrical activity is getting ready to stimulate another heartbeat. If it were a millisecond before or a millisecond after, it would not cause this conduction issue. Um, so you're hearing me say that this is an electrical issue. Um, so unfortunately, when this happens, um, the heart is no longer able to beat. The patient quite often um, has a cardiac condition called ventricular fibrillation, where the heart is just fluttering and not able to stimulate any actual blood flow. So the responders on the field did the exact right thing, examining the patient and starting cardiac compressions and CPR. 
Um, unfortunately, there's a very low survival rate of this. Only about 58% of people survive. It's more about how the condition is responded to. It's quite interesting because if this does cause a heartbeat that's able to be restarted with an AED, you know, those electrical um, shock machines that they have available on the field, that is one of the more likely ways that the patient will be able to survive, only if the rhythm is shockable. Otherwise, you just have to do CPR and hope that the heartbeat um, comes back into normal. So the fact that they have um, Mr. Hamlin sedated and in the ICU, he's getting the best care he can possibly get, and of course, all prayers to him and his family. Um, I think that this is a really interesting condition and I'll be looking forward to see how this plays out and to see if he actually is thought to have had commotio cordis as more news reports come out. Um, but thank you for giving me the opportunity to chat about this. And like I said, all thoughts and prayers to this fella. Disclaimer, after listening to this back, I hear that you can totally hear Nora breathing and snoring into the mic. So I want you to know that I am not being creepily stalked or haunted, that I am just wearing Nora as I record this. Um, thank you all for this medical minute, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, so there we go. Thank you so much, Jamie. And uh, yeah, that I meant to preempt it, but that all that breathing, that breathiness you heard, that was uh, Jamie's little infant baby. So uh, yeah, I mean, we're not a high-quality podcast, so it's just nothing I was going to do about it anyways. But um, you know, Josh, I don't know if you – I haven't been able to ingest much media today, but last night I just saw one random person speculate that it could be commotio cordis. And, uh, you know, Jamie came to the same, you know, specula speculative conclusion. Um, but, I mean, I guess what do you think about what she said or what do you think about what happened in general? Or I guess what are, your, what are your thoughts on the whole situation? Yeah, uh, that's actually what I had put in Discord last night was commotio cordis. Um, and, and I think, you know, I'd seen it on Reddit as somebody posted and, and obviously, you know, you're on Reddit and it's the internet. So you got to take everything with a uh, grain of salt, um, as we tend to do, or we try to do. Um, but there are actually a lot of people on there that have, you know, medical backgrounds and histories of things. So, um, when you see somebody comment on that and, um, it's, it's possible, you know, possible that they, what they are speaking is the truth. And that was one of the comments was commotion cordis. Um, and that it, it was, it's one of those, like Jamie said, the unluckiest lottery that you could win. Um, and that the timing has to be perfect on everything. It's a, a millisecond of time here and there, the shape object and the location. And, um, you know, it's, it, I mean, obviously football is a brutal sport. We, they're literally running into, into each other at as fast as they can run. Um, and you know. Uh, things injuries happen and games have you know it, this was un unprecedented i think that you had said that just based on the fact that the game stopped like <laughs> it didn't just stop till they could get them off the field the game was done and as we're sitting there and watching it nikita and i were both watching it and nikita's like it's gonna sound awful but i i i, I don't see what happened and i watched the replay and you don't it's it looks like a typical football play which i think makes it even scarier um it's not one of those ones where like with ryan chazier a couple years back when he had the compressed spine and he was paralyzed um or yeah technically he was paralyzed um it's not like that where you see the spine you see his head hit at that awkward angle and or you know concussions when you see people get knocked out cold like the tua and the um, other ones or even like nick Foles this past weekend it's it's different because it didn't look like anything really happened <laughs> and so that that kind of made it even scarier in my opinion um and so yeah and, and carmel said that's how it felt with dale earnhardt um you know on tv um 
And so it just looked like not a lot was going on. But then, you know, when they kept cutting out and then cutting back and they'd show more and more on the field, uh, when they said that there was an ambulance on the field, um, that's when Nikita and I were both like, oh, okay, um, what? Um, and and I've seen a lot of people with a lot of different takes on things. And um, the, um, you know, the NFL gave them five minutes to play and warm up. And I think that I had read somewhere that, yes, they did say that initially. But that was, that's their response to all sorts of injury timeouts, no matter what the severity. And so they did actually, it did sound like they approached the teams and the players and the coaches and everybody came to the same conclusion that they didn't want to play. I'm I'm sure that, you know, it wasn't like 100% unanimous there because everybody is different. Some people needed to get out there to forget, um, get their mind off things. But it sounds like even the refs had a say in it and the refs didn't even want to go back out there. So um, then I felt, I felt like did go through the proper channels um, to make it work. One of the reasons it wasn't suspended immediately, according to um, a person who... Um, used to work in the NFL is because if they were to say, yep, game's over, go home, um, it may have delayed medical professional uh, to get there. The ambulance may have been delayed. The ambulance might not have gotten out of there in time. And so that's why everything was kind of slower than everybody expected. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just such a bizarre situation. I'm glad you mentioned the, what I guess, or I guess what you mentioned, what Nikita went through. Because like I went out of my way to try and find that replay because I was, you know, playing Pathfinder like I do every other Monday night. So I didn't, I wasn't watching the game live, and I was just, I was, you know, I was watching my fantasy score. To be honest, I was like, why the fuck is my score not going up, or why is the why is the time on the game not going down? And then so I, you know, I saw it on Reddit, and then I lo- went out of my way to find a replay. I was like, that replay doesn't look bad at all. Like that, it just looks like a tackle got made. Wasn't a gruesome hit. Wasn't like a bad fall or you know, a random fall. I mean, so it looks like it's just, and it looks like it wasn't even the impact on the ground. It looks like how the helmet hit him in the chest, you know, so it was before he even fell. It was just that he took the helmet to the chest and, you know, just at the exact precise millisecond that was wrong. And then, uh, you know, and then he got back up and then he collapsed. So it's like, it didn't even, it, to Nikita's point, to your point, it did not look bad. And to Carmel's point, you know, the Dale Earnhardt, the, you know, it did not look crazy on TV. So it's so bizarre that, you know, life could have been taken while we were kind of all watching or we could kind of watch it flash before our eyes like that. And so it's just kind of truly bizarre, honestly, but, um, yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I, I shit on ESPN quite a bit and I think that, you know, they do have some issues with things. I mean, they employ a guy named Booger. Um, and so, but I mean, they did a great job last night, Booger included, um, like they were tossing the fire, not knowing how to handle things. They, um, I feel like they did what they could with the information that they had because obviously they didn't have a lot. Um, and I saw a lot of comments on, I don't know what the woman's name who was with Booger and um, um, crap, Ian Rapport. No, um, Adam, Adam Schefter. Schefter. Yeah, I didn't. See, I don't know what her name is, but people were giving her crap saying she has no empathy. But Nikita and I were sitting there watching and it was like, she she has empathy. She's just numb. She can't speak right now and that's kind of how lisa uh, was in the kind of on the field and um you know they were crying and they were trying to hold back because they're supposed to be professionals but no it was it was scary like you said the 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 idea that we might have just seen somebody die on camera is you know haunting and (laughs) it's not part of the game that we're supposed to you know we all enjoy um or it's not supposed to be a part of that game um and it's yeah i mean everybody had different reactions to everything and i know that skip bayless got a lot of flack um and you know my opinions on him and 
I did have to reread them multiple times to understand that what he was saying was that they, you know, they have to suspend this game, but his phrasing was piss poor. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I could talk about it quite a bit because it is so unique of a situation. And so I'll let you get some thoughts in. No, I mean, and I think, and I think it'll probably, it, we're kind of transitioning to our other part here, but the other thing I was going to say is just that it's, it's so bizarre and something like this hasn't really happened since like Corey, St- I mean, Minnesota fans would be uniquely familiar. Corey Stringer, uh, you know, Vikings offensive lineman, he died from heat stroke at training camp, you know? And so like that, you know, wasn't during a game, wasn't a nationally televised game that everyone's watching. So it's not, you know, didn't make the rounds as big as, you know, a, you know, something like this where the whole world's watching or the whole nation's watching. But, um, you know, and it's, but that to the point that was like, what, 20 years ago or something like that. Um, so it's just, it's a unique situation. It doesn't happen very often. Um, and you know, the closest thing I can think of would be, it would have been Teddy Bridgewater almost losing his leg. And that was a non-contact injury just as far as like local examples. So it's just, it's bizarre and it's rare. And, um, and yeah, and the other thing I was going to say before we kind of move on here to the next piece is that you don't get to, for people who are sitting there again trying to, and no one, none of our friends did this, but there's people on the internet trying to tone police. This person doesn't have empathy, or why is this person crying, or why is that not person crying? You know, you know, you don't get to sit here and police how people cope. Plenty of people cope in a bunch of different ways. Some people cry, some people go numb, like numb, like Josh said, has become completely apathetic. They don't process it until later. Some people will get through it with humor, and you know, Josh and I are probably people who are very guilty of you know coping through humor versus you know just sitting on our emotions or sitting in the whatever so um no no one here did this we're not yelling at anyone but it's just that shit annoys me it's like you don't get to tell other people how to process something traumatic so it's just ridiculous um but <coughs> moving on um not necessarily moving on but moving into just a different piece of this topic um and this is going to be a longer podcast for anyone who's listening i mean not really you know this is a very like Josh said, unprecedented situation to address. And I'm not going to soapbox for too long. I know I have a bunch of bullet points here. Josh can see the note sheet. But um, I just want to highlight that this is kind of the dark side of football. And like if it made you sick to your stomach, if this isn't something you really think about a lot, I just want to take a moment to emphasize like when – when we support football, like we know this is part of it. There are young men literally putting their lives on the line. And luckily enough, we don't see situations like this that are this tragic. And most of the tragic things that seem to come about football is more like CTE, which is, you know, much more of a silent killer. A bunch of concussions add up over time and then it ruins someone's life, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now versus on the field like that. Um, but I know definitely when the, I know, and I know it was dramatized. So I don't think I think that the movie was made on fact, Dr. Will Smith, but the concussion movie really had to make me sit and think, do I want to sit here and support the game of football knowing that it's sitting here endangering young men's life, game in and game out? Um, And so, like, if you sat there and you felt sick to your stomach and you were really mortified by what you saw on Monday night, just just know that this is this is the part of football and so you know you know i think i said when we talked about cte a long time ago like if i had kids i don't know that i'd let them play football just because it's just there is such a dark side of the game that doesn't really get covered as much whether it's this you know tragic um what is it commotio cordis or whatever or it's ct or it's whatever football is a very dangerous game maybe the most dangerous game you know hockey is pretty dangerous too but football is a dangerous game and they're only getting bigger and faster and stronger and it's insane and so 
you know, I'm more of the belief that the NFL wanted the game to continue. Um, and so I'll, I just want to say that, you know, maybe next time there's a millionaires versus billionaires fight and you're like, why should anyone care about this fight? Um, the players are the ones putting themselves on the line. The billionaires are really only risking financial assets. So next time you see like a conflict between the NFL and the NFLPA, next time you see a conflict between the owners and the players, um, that's why it's, it's things like this where I'm no matter what, I'm pretty much always backing the players because they are the ones that are putting their lives on the line, their health, their well-being. They're the ones who are on the field putting it on the line for our entertainment. And sometimes it can really bring us together. Like after, you know, after 9-11 and after some of these other, like after Katrina, sometimes football can really bring us together and the show must go on and it's it's, a, it's an entertainment rallying thing. But at the same time, you know, football has this dark side that we don't really address very often. And so if you felt yourself really sick to your stomach last night or over the situation, just know that when you support football, this is part of football. And we can't comb over it probably nearly as much as we do, but we do. So, yeah, and I mean to say that you know what happened last night is a part of football is is true, but it's it's you know the concussions and and all the other things are are much more uh, you know prominent, much more um, likely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is what I mean. This is the it's only probably one in a million, one in a billion. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so it's it's not like you know. If you were to continue supporting football, you're not supporting players getting Kamosha Cordis. No, um, <laughs> you're you're not supporting that sort of thing. But um, there is that, like you said, that realization that okay, yeah. And I'm with you. I I side with the players. Um, it's it's one of those things that and and you know you had said that the NFL wanted to probably wanted to continue play. And I'm I I mean I don't think that there's anybody out there that would say that they didn't want that game to happen. But when something like that happens, they they do, you know, a lot of priorities change. And I think that, you know, when they made that announcement, you know, five-minute warm-up, they didn't know the severity of things. Um, and so, I mean, what I had been reading at least made it sound like the the NFL himself, Mr. Goodell, um, had said, you know, it's up to you guys, which, you know, good on him for doing that. Um, but yeah, had he had they said, yeah, we want to play, he was he's not going to stop them. And that's, you know, um, that just kind of goes to everybody has that different coping mechanism. Right. Yeah, that would be clear. I'm not saying if you support football, you support commotion quarters, you support CTE, but it's just like you have to you're not supporting it or you're not like you're not saying like yeah i'm okay with this but at the same time it's like it, it is a, it is a byproduct of the game and of course it doesn't matter how rare commotion cortis is i'm just saying this is the catalyst to remind yourself this is a very dangerous violent game whether they're taking head injuries or many many bodily injuries with you know some people have you know their their legs will never be the same their arms will never be the same they've injured they've torn this ligament so many times it's you know they're a shell of their former selves there's a lot of other things that happen and so of course commotion cortis can be extremely rare but I'm, I'm more so saying that, you know, look at how severe it can be and remind yourself how violent of a game this is was the, obviously the message I'm trying to, I was trying to get across. Yeah. Um, and, and it really puts into perspective that, uh, um, as far as, you know, looking at your, looking at your screen and, and watching the, the numbers go up in decimals or in whole points, depending on your set, league settings, um, <laughs> it does not matter whatsoever. Um, right. it was so like, secondary. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like so many different. Um, thankfully, I didn't see a whole lot of people who were overly concerned with, well, no, my team's gonna lose, right? And and everything. But um, so many people were asking, like, well, how do we handle this? Um, and they're like, obviously, we want to wait and see because that's the priority. Um, and it sounds like the platforms even did that sort of thing where they were waiting and seeing 
um, until the NFL came out with a statement. And, you know, it sounds like most, most platforms are just saying done and just you're done with it. So, which good on them. I would say that that's kind of the right call, but I understand arguments on that as well. Figured I'd get that in there since we are a fantasy podcast. Yeah, and I, yeah, I ended up having to split a pot with a guy because it looked like I was going to win. Like I had both T. Higgins and Joe Mixon going, and I was only six points down, and um, and they they had no one else left. So I feel pretty confident I would have won that game. But I was just like, you know what? Even though I was technically down, you know, at the time the game stopped, let's just split the pot. And he was like, yeah, I'm cool with splitting it. And so I, you know. Yeah, I think it did put it into perspective for a lot of people. I don't think too many people are drawing the line in the sand over hundreds of dollars or even, you know, not even that much, dozens of dollars. I don't think, you know, I think people are, it is a good perspective bringer. Um, but I think we've talked about that enough. I think we addressed it well enough. We've been talking about it for about 20 minutes now. Um, and not to say we won't mention it again. Of course, we'll bring it up. We'll probably talk about it again in our next show on Saturday or when, whenever the hell our next show is. Um, but, I mean, I think it's also okay to recognize that, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. We've addressed it ad nauseum. Josh and I have gotten off our chest what we want to get off our chest. This is our show. We get to say what we want. We want to address it. Um, and so I think we've done that. And I think it's we're totally fine going into talking about the Vikings being absolute garbage at this point than talking about our fantasy performances so you know i don't i guess i'm just saying this out loud for mainly me and josh like i'm i'm not afraid to go back into my you know more so you know goofy exemplified character of how the fuck did the vikings lose that bad but of course we wanted to address the serious situation i think now we're good enough to go back into the quote-unquote the regular show if you will yeah no, I'm I'm completely fine with it. Like I said, I want to try and change my tone as well, um, because you know there's there's all all of our fan out there um, probably comes to listen not to us talk about serious things, but instead to make fools of ourselves. Um, and so you had mentioned that you know what happened was um, and and all of the injuries and all those things that do happen, you know, physical and um, you know walking and ligaments and all that stuff. Those are huge injuries. But I think that we need to talk about uh, another one, kind of a silent. Um, a silent injury that occurs from time to time in the scoliosis. NFL. That's, no, that's uh, that's feelings, and I think that JJ uh, this past weekend had all of his feelings hurt. He did appear to be rattled. He did not. Uh, he did not enjoy what was happening with him and uh, Jair Alexander. That was a little bit tough. Of course, only having one catch for 15 yards, that's tough. Letting, because I mean, that's always the double edged sword, because I'm a big shit talker, right? And so I know what shit talking does is it, 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 shit talking in general, what I love about it is it, is it elevates the game. Because either I'm going to shit talk a bunch and then win, and then I feel like a fucking champion, or I shit talk a bunch, and then either the other person hits me back with it, or they just feel so much prouder and so much elevated that they were able to beat the shit talker. Um, so that, you know, it's just, it's the double edged sword of if Jair Alexander talked all that shit during the week and then got absolutely toasted by jj jj would have felt by like a million bucks vikings fans would have been like yeah absolutely fuck you um whereas in this scenario he's talking a bunch of shit and then backed it up and so now josh is on his high horse you know what is jj gonna get jair for fucking father's day which ridiculous take um you know i don't think gr is uh is that good but um but yeah i mean that was not a good look for jj he was frustrated he i mean i'm surprised he didn't get ejected after he pelted that referee with his helmet that was rough yeah, and did you hear what he said about the ref's family? <laughs> I did not. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I mean, obviously, I mean, Jar is, <coughs> he's a top 10 corner in the league easily. That's, I mean, that shouldn't be up for debate. I don't care who you say. I mean, he has, he's had a down year this year, but um, it's, you know, it's, it's Joe Barry's defense. Everyone's got a down year this year. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, he, he, he talked the talk and he backed it up. When he hit the gritty in the first quarter, I just about turned the TV off, even though I was at Ben's house and left because I was like, <laughs> yep, this is going to come back to bite us. Uh, but it turns out the gritty is not as uh, monumental as the belt. And so, um, it, I mean, it was... I mean, you could just see as the game went on, his frustration growing. Um, and and I know that he is he went from kind of the darling of the subreddit or the NFL subreddit to kind of the heel overnight, it seemed, because of his post-game press conference where he asked for a taunting penalty or he said that it should have been a taunting. Yeah. And 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 I mean, yeah, that's a that's a that is definitely a diaper filled doo doo um, softness uh, right there. Um, be, but at the same time, the, just the emotions, because I'm sure that interview happened right after the game. So, <laughs> oh, absolutely. He's, he's sitting he's in his locker. High on might not have even showered yet. And the kid, I mean, let's keep in mind, this guy is what, 22 years old, 23 years old? I mean, like this is basically still a kid, right? Yeah. No, I mean, and, and so, I mean, he's, I mean, nobody's going to sit here and argue that he's, a bad wide receiver. I mean, he's, he's solid. He just, he's, he's had a couple bad games. Um, and, and he, and you know, there's people, Oh, showed how to beat JJ. He's trash. Um, and it's like, well, I mean, Darius Slay is a top corner. He held him down. Jair's a top corner. He held him down. Um, who is the, the other Okuda for Detroit held him down. So it's like, you know, Maybe it's just a good player guarding a good player, and they get the best of them this time. And so, <laughs> I mean, Okuda from Detroit held him down. He had eleven catches for two hundred twenty-three yards. That was Okuda was out that week. Okuda, I'm talking about like week three or whatever when you only had three catches. All right, that's different. Yeah, like I said, it goes. You know. Just goes back and and how do you know that Akuda was guarding him that time? Maybe it was like week one where Jared Gar- Gar- only got to guard him three times or whatever it was five. Yeah, when you had nine catches for 184 yards and two touchdowns. I mean that one pick. I mean I know the NFL fans have a short memory. That one picture of JJ being literally wide open. That screenshot where there's not a single other Packers player like within the frame. Like that's going to be infamous for sure. Whether or not, even if you guys beat us this year in the playoffs or something like that, like that picture will live on. Which is unfortunate. It's an unfortunate representation, but at the same time, it's a wild picture, you know. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's like I said in the in the Discord. The the advanced analytics of the first game, Justin Jefferson and Jair Alexander only matched up like on three targets, and you only got one catch for eight yards. I mean, yeah, you can sit here and be a homer all day long, Josh. Doesn't matter. Doesn't change the facts, okay? But that is the facts. Facts don't care about your feelings. Okay. Um, but yeah, so just you know pointing it out green bay's got a positive point differential minnesota doesn't minnesota stinks um there paul allen go. probably cried for six days there we go that's what you're looking for uh but that's enough rant and rave josh we do got to get out of here it's somewhat of a oh, reason no, I'm, I'm still on i'm only on page one of nine. Oh jesus how about uh how about uh we point out the fact that uh minnesota vikings are undraftable when it comes to fantasy football championships I, I mean, based on just this one year? No, I'm just, I don't know. Just, I just, I read somewhere that um, the past uh, two seasons, De- um, not Delvin, um, Justin Jefferson's only scored less than, or he scored less than 10 points in PPR leagues for the championship week. And so somebody was trying to make a point and never draft him. Obviously, as a joke. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean that maybe maybe in half point PPR because last year he had six catches for fifty eight yards 
which I mean, not not a very impressive stat line, but still, you know, it's eleven and a half points, eleven point eight points. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it might have been just whatever, but it was just more of a joke post, and that's kind of what I was leaning at. Well, Josh, we don't fucking joke here, okay, pal? This is a very Who's serious your, uh, podcast. Who was your FanDuel like boom last week for? Was uh, it Kirk. Uh, yeah, Kirk. Kirk and Justin Fields were the two I had picked, and uh, obviously neither of those had worked out. Don't worry, mine didn't either. <laughs> I mean, Kirk put up a solid five point nine. Okay, let's show a little respect for the guy. Hey, that's top two tight end right there. I mean, we had four turnovers as a team, and he had, I mean, and his picks were like the one to Thielen across the middle of the field. That one wasn't great, but then like two other picks were, I think, deflections. So that was that's yeah. tough to blame Kirk for that, but he'll still get the pick no matter what. So, yep, no, I understand. So, yeah, we can go into the weekly recap. Grain of salt. I mean, I didn't have much. I got third place. Um, I ended up uh, taking third place. Um, over my wife and then somehow won my money back in um, bsb league through side bets alone so thank you thank you dude yeah how about you what how did how's your salt look um so i mean the one in the one i just alluded, I alluded to it at the beginning of the show but um in the one game i probably would have won the championship which would have been a nice six hundred dollars but me and the guy i just agreed to split it so i'm taking about i'm taking away about a four hundred four hundred fifty dollars from that league so that's pretty still it's still pretty good so first ish tied for first tied for second whenever you want to call it um came in second in the champs branch out league al bested me there came in third in brad's guillotine league i was not going to pass jesse or al at that point and then finished fourth, and the BSB got absolutely creamed because I had three Vikings players in my starting lineup, and they did not do very good. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, those are all the teams I had left in the playoffs. So a first, a first-ish, a second, a third, a fourth. Um, not, not not terrible finish. Money positive. That's all you really care about at the end of the day, right? We're here to have fun, and then if you win money, that's that's good too. So we had plenty of fun all year, and then uh, we came out cash flow positive. So I think that's that's a win all the way around, pal. Yeah. Uh, you want to go through the? I, I did do. Ooh, I did ahead. win in uh, four out of my five uh, daily drafts on sleeper. Ooh! Um, and I had the chance. I had a chance of winning in another one, but it. Um, I had um, three guys playing in the Monday night game, so obviously that didn't. Yeah, that doesn't matter to me. Um, but the other ones I did get first in. I got you know two first and two seconds, so I'll take that. Um, but yeah, going into the FanDuel top three, do you want me to read through these? Because I got a really good, I got a really good speed going right now. Should go for it. So the top three fantasy points we had: Mike Evans, forty-three point seven points, hot dog. <laughs> Tim Brody, his quarterback, thirty-seven point six eight, and then Daniel Dimes Dashers Jones, thirty-six point one eight. Top three values, the Packers defense, as everyone predicted, with 6.4 times their value. Mike Evans uh, with a 5.8 times his value. And then the Saints defense with 5.6 times their value. Uh, top three weekly totals, uh, Vikes number man, uh, 133.1. Nikita Mitchell, 21, 114.7. And then Daryl Shipman, 1999, 109.5. The top three leaderboards is as follows. Nikita Mitchell with 1311.48. She had... Uh, she separated from the pack by another 10.28 points this week, whereas Mioff um, stayed at 1295.48, and Garbanzo's beanies uh, are stuck pat at 1287.18. Reminder that Tilo, or Lolo, is week one on a different account, is currently sitting at 1283.62. Nip at your heel, Garbanzo's beans. 
Right, so that that could be. I mean, it looks like they're only going to fight for third at this point. I mean, they only put up like seventy points this last week. Now, there's only one week left, but you know, it's worth worth people knowing. Um, how does, does how confident does Nikita feel going into the last week here? Uh, not at all. Uh, we talked a little bit about it, and she's like, "Oh no." <laughs> I was like, don't just keep doing your thing, waiting till 11.50 right. 11, Maybe go 11.55 on Sunday just to, you know, be sure you're really not thinking it about going. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I – so like I had said earlier in our uh, rant and rave about uh, me thinking that the gritty done early and all the crap that Jair was talking to Justin Jefferson just meant he was going to go off. So when I spent my big money on Justin Jefferson and uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm in first going into the afternoon games, I'm like, oh. My one bring it on, nerds. Yeah, my one sixties are coming true today, folks. Two points. Yeah, it's tough out there. And I, I mean, and to be fair, I had Justin Fields in my lineup, and he looks great for the first like quarter, quarter and a half. I was like, this guy's going to put up forty on Detroit again. Ends up with like sixteen or whatever. I was like, come on, dude. Yeah, we stink. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Josh. Who brings us our next segment? And how beautiful are they? Uh, the former Hidden Oaks champion. Um, former uh he's quite handsome um he busts guys and he busts guys sky busters yeah i don't have any fancy hood lines other than eric Semensky, the beautiful running up that hill is your 2022 hidden oaks mega bowl champion and it wasn't even close eric creamed bradley 153 point something to bradley's 110.6 um bradley really didn't stand a chance uh, his chiefs his chiefs were i mean his chiefs were fine it was the rest of his team that was just not up to snuff alvin kamara couldn't hang jalen waddle could not hang Tyler Higby could not hang. And so while the Chiefs did fine, uh, the rest of this team did not come up to snuff. And uh, obviously Eric being carried by Tom Brady um, and then Chris Godwin was pretty significant as well. So um, even – and he even had Jamar Chase in his lineup. So, you know, anything could have happened. Yeah. How, how do we feel about uh, – we knew there was going to be a brand-new champion. How do we feel about an Eric championship over Bradley championship? How does that, how does that make you feel, Josh? I'm fine with it. I mean, it's good good on him. Um, I will say, Brad, don't uh, don't hang your head because you should only hang your head about the Dynasty League where you started DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, it's tough. Um, but, uh, I mean, you know, last two seasons you finished top three, so congrats. You, you're, you're making a run for, you know, best fantasy player of all time. Um, and so, you know, it's maybe it's just a one-man race that you're currently running in, but... Um, <laughs> But you're you're doing well, so keep keep it up. Um, keep stealing your dad's 1999 uh, football digest Draft magazines. Guide. Yeah, to, <laughs> yeah uh, to create your lineups. But uh, yeah, congrats to Eric. I know Laura was giving me a hard time because I said I I think Brad's gonna win, but you know I cheer for the underdog. Underdogs, where you at? Big shout out to Eric. I mean, I'm, I'm for one, I'm very happy that Eric won. Eric's uh, obviously a very nice gentleman. He's been good to us for a long time. And I know, I mean, this is for me, because obviously it was, it was somewhat controversial to expand the league to 14 people. But I was like, the only way I was going to do it was when we were adding quality people. And going from 12 to 14, we were adding Jeremy Pribernow and Eric Szymanski. And so I know not, I know some, even sometimes I myself am frustrated that we're a 14 man league just because life would be nice. There's a 12 man league, the draft would 
would be a little better. The waivers would be a little bit better. But, um, you know, Eric's a good guy. Jeremy's a good guy. And, you know, I've always said, Josh, you and I have had discussions about this for a long time. I think my number one job as the commission is to make sure people are having fun. And so I'm glad. I mean, Eric is having fun winning. But I think, um, you know, I think ultimately we have more fun than the 14-person league detracts from um, the league in general. So I'm really happy Eric won. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that um, I don't think it could have gone to, you know, we're, we have a league full of good people, but obviously, you know, couldn't have gone to a better person in this scenario because Eric's a good guy. So big shout out to Eric. Big, uh, big love. Big. Uh, what am I? I was looking for a word, but I lost it. So I'll just hit this again. Big brain. All right. No, just, just happy for Eric. Happy to have a new a new champion. Of course, uh, we, you know, Josh has won a couple times. Hammer's won a couple times. I've won once. Derek's won three. I mean, Derek's won three times. Um, so yeah, so we just we uh, love to see a new face, and uh, we'll make, maybe Eric uh, maybe Eric will make a run for the commission. He'll you know, he'll make the league even better. Who knows? But uh, big shout out to Eric. I wish we had more to say, but you know, Josh, like you said, you took second or you took third. Excuse me. You um, you almost doubled your over doubled your wife's score, and uh, Jeremy won the consolation bracket good for him but other than that i mean it's hard to recap you know tom brady pretty much dominated this championship matchup for eric 42 points is a lot so it's more than one it's it's more than one you're not wrong uh so yeah i mean that's pretty much the hood line thank you skybusters for bringing us those and um yeah big sh- one, one last time <laughs> big shout out to the 2022 hidden oaks mega bowl champion eric zemensky um Josh, you ready for the outro, pal? Yeah, we can hit that outro up. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, join <laughs> us on Discord. We'll see you Saturday morning. Um, we do have one more show for the retrospective, the 272 review, uh, which, yikes, I'm already I'm already predicting less than 50% from yours truly. Uh, studs and duds results, yikes. I don't think I got one right. Survey results, my show ideas, maybe having a February show or an epilogue for the Super Bowl uh, to celebrate that green and gold Green Bay Packers victory <laughs> back in March for free agency. Um, and then once again, uh, and we'll be doing the once a month until next August. Right on. Uh, and so, yeah, I guess on a quick on-air production meeting, do we just want to do our retrospective? It'll probably be a little bit longer, maybe closer to an hour territory to go over all that stuff. Do you want to do that on Saturday? Do you want to do it next Tuesday? I mean, we're pretty much, we can do whatever we want now. So I guess when is a good time for you to do that retrospective show? Obviously, we'll have to do the do the work to see to get a results for the 272, but um, just, just yeah, what, keep it Saturday at 8? Or Well, yeah, I- we can because Saturday at eight, we're not going to be doing a whole lot of fantasy talk because the league's pretty much dead. Um, but yeah, we could do that on uh, Saturday. Um, it would just be going through the t- oh, two seventy-two. I was I mean, just we could go do, through we could do it next Tuesday as well. I mean, it's just, we don't have to rush right, it. Yeah. Well, we can do the two seventy-two because we don't know week eighteen results. That's true. all right. So next Tuesday it is then. Yep. All right, so our next show will be next Tuesday at 8. Uh, but, to, but to change the tone one more time here, Josh, I know we talked about how, um, you know, we have to. We, we've been, our tone has been all over the place tonight, but uh, we lost our final two people in um, Bradley's brutal guillotine league. And I know you said you wanted to vamp for a little bit. And uh, we talked about how Al was the champion. Al was the champion of the guillotine league, and so that means not only, am, not only is Jesse dead, uh, but much more importantly, Josh, 
I am dead. And so um, I'll go ahead and I'll give you the floor to talk about uh, both the passing of the Jesse Ray Morissette and me, Garlic Danger Johnson. So for the final time of the season, Josh, please take the floor and let's all be sad together. R.I.P. in peace, Garlic Danger Johnson, Jesse Ray Morissette. In what everybody thought would be a fun and eventful hayride through the forest, we lost two souls. Garlic and Jesse, they were together. Uh, they weren't on the hayride. The hayride wasn't even in the state, but they were, they were still enjoying the thought of going on one. They were arguing. Their arguments turned violent something about a slippery banana peel and a green shell followed by a blue shell and a red shell and a bunch of blabbering idiots sitting around a TV playing Mario Kart they didn't know what they were doing and before they knew it they would both realized they forgot to set their lineups and I don't know where I'm going with this because I didn't write an obituary but I'm just going to talk because the music is sad but we'll just get back to where Garlic and Jesse are dead. And the world may or may not be a better place for it. But it's not. We miss you. R.I.P. in peace. You guys stink! Josh, it is that time that I'm going to need you to go ahead and say a bunch of words so I can make sure you're at the proper volume. Well, you know, Skullpackus, it's what we do. Beautiful.